Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. This is your host, Aesthetic Anne, and we're with my co-host. Why do I say we're with my co-host? Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. This is Aesthetic Anne and your co-host, Sarah O'Dell. Good, 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 good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good, 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 good. Me too. (laughs) Good. What do we have going today? Well, so on our last podcast, we... Are you talking about personally or like what we're talking about today? Well, you know, actually I was referring to what we're talking about today. However, do we have anything exciting personally going on? I don't. I had a great weekend and a great weekend for me was it rained all day Saturday, which means I didn't have to do anything outside. And you got your toes done yesterday. And I got a pedicure yesterday. That was my big weekend. And I loved it being nothing. I made a, a pretty toasty pastrami sandwich yesterday that was really good sounds like you had as big and exciting weekend as i did yep it was great so what do we have going on today on the podcast on the podcast we are doing a little continuation kind of a part two from our last episode where we had dr runnels on the podcast who is the famous creator of the vampire facelift and so we're just going to kind of dive more into that procedure and talk about the ins and outs of it and how it differs from some other things that are also out there that are still great, but we're, we want to distinguish this and what it is and what it's not because we got a lot of questions recently, um, after the last podcast, 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 that's, that's not near as bad as my previous faux pas that we're not going to... <laughs> the bloopers that we cut out. <laughs> the blooper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took... How many takes did it take me to just like get the opening for today? Third time's a charm. Yeah. You know, not but every mother messes up her daughter's own name, but it's, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Maybe one of these days we'll just have a podcast of all bloopers. Yeah. Yeah. And half of it's just going to be me laughing and you're just silent. Yeah. Because I crack myself up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you get later in life, you realize not to take things so seriously all the time. Mm-hmm. You have more fun that way. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's jump in. Okay. Well, as you mentioned, he is the creator of all things vampire when it comes to aesthetic treatments. And including the O-Shot, P-Shot... Uh, he didn't really create hair restoration. Um, other people were doing hair restoration, so he doesn't really have a, a specific protocol for that. But the others, he does. And a lot of people hear about the vampire facial. And a lot of, a lot of people have seen Kim Kardashian from several, several years ago getting the vampire facial. I think she Instagrammed it or something like that. But she has her face and she's laying there and it's kind of all like bloody and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get the vampire facial mixed up with the vampire facelift. So they're two different things. They are two different things. Um, and they both use PRP, but just in a different way. And that, what is that? So again, yeah, thank you for reminding me. PRP is platelet-rich plasma. And that's the common denominator in all of these treatments. And is that the thing that Dr. Reynolds created, came up with? On using it, like how to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it had been, as we discussed, it had been, it had <laughs> been, as we discussed in his podcast, it's been used in other areas of science. It had been used in 
um, dentistry. It has been used in orthopedics. And he basically just brought it over into the aesthetic facial space. So what is platelet-rich plasma? So platelet-rich plasma is that part of your blood, which sidebar, do you realize that blood is considered tissue? So, yeah. Liquid tissue. Yes, it is liquid tissue. So it is part of your own tissue. When So blood is comprised of two major components, your red blood cells and your plasma. And I'm sure that people have seen you can go give blood, but you can also just give plasma. And they separate it out. I don't know how they do that. I've always gone to give blood. Do they separate it and then give your blood back to you? I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Or uh, my guess would be, my educated guess would be, is that they, if you're donating plasma, they take your blood, but they take the plasma out of it, and they just keep the plasma. Yeah, but it sounds like that they like put your red blood cells back in you. But Maybe. anyway, I don't know because that's not my area. I gave blood once, and I, I'll never do it again. I I have given it several times, and then I went around the world and I was in countries exposed to malaria. So there was like five years or 10 years that I could not give blood, but I'm back to where I can give blood now. So, but I take blood a lot (laughs) because I do these procedures. Well, that's your own, right? Oh, oh, you're saying you take blood. I take blood from (laughs) other people. people. Not to you. (laughs) No, I don't take my own blood and use it on them. (laughs) That would be bad. That would be real bad. No. I take their blood for these procedures. So again, platelet-rich plasma is that part of your blood tissue that uh, has all your, your repair cells. Every time you have an injury in your body, it, it's, that goes, and that's why you have swelling, um, unless you've got like a hematoma part, you know, and, but a, and a bruise is blood. But the part, the edema part, the swelling part that when you have an injury, it like you sprain your ankle or something and it swells, that's because all of your platelet-rich plasma with all the repair cells is going to that area to repair that injury. For instance, a little child, they skin their knee or scrape their elbow. And when you look at it, they don't have blood rise to the top, but they get the yellow tacky serum that kind of rises to the top. That is your platelet-rich plasma, and that platelet-rich plasma then forms a scab, and that scab forms new skin because it has all the repair cells. That's what platelet-rich plasma is. So you're using people's own healing mechanisms Uh, in their body to do what for these procedures? To help restore and rejuvenate their, you know, different areas of, their face. We're focusing on face. And when it comes to O-shot and P-shot, that's a different area. And it does help rejuvenate and regenerate and restore those areas. Um, so do you want to, do you want to get into that or is that for a different No, episode? that's another podcast okay, because we've well, got so- plenty for today. So with the vampire facial, the vampire facial is done with a microneedling device and there's many devices out there. The one device that I really like and I use a lot is the Inopin. It's made by a company called Clinical Resolutions. It's out in California. They're a medical device company. And then there's another very, very popular place. uh, um, Device? Device, thank you. There's another very, very popular device that you see a lot here in Dallas, and it's called SkinPin. 
Skin pen. Yeah. And so they Down are... Down here in the south, those things rhyme. Skin pen. Up in the north, it's skin pen. That's right. Here, <laughs> it's skin pen. Skin pen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, skin pen and Eclipse, they're two different companies. They came in and they really hit the Dallas market hard. That was nice. <laughs> they literally hit... <laughs> The Dallas market hard. Thank you for that sound effect. <laughs> Although that was accidental. The accidental mic. The accidental sound effect. <laughs> um, they came in and did a really good job saturating the market. Um, and, and what it is, it's a medical device. A lot of people know what it is, but if you don't know what it is, it is a pen-like device. It's mechanical. It has a cartridge in the end of it, and depending on which device you're using, some will have 12, some will have 14, but they have needles in the end of it. And I always ask people when they're sitting in my chair, have you ever heard of aerating your lawn? And about 90%, surprisingly, women will say, oh, yeah, I know what that is. And if you don't know what it is, I'll tell you right now, aerating your lawn is when they bring a large round barrel, and it has these big... Spikes? Yeah, these big spikes on it, and they roll it over your lawn, and it creates these, like, holes, and they they take plugs out of your lawn, and the purpose is to, like, oxygenate the roots of your grass, and by taking that out, then it will grow better grass. And sometimes you also put, like, fertilizer in there and stuff. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just know that aerating your lawn part, and it helps to oxygenate the soil and the roots. So that's basically what we're doing to someone's face. We're aerating their face with a bunch of little needle holes. And so this this um, pen-like device, a lot of people, it sounds really scary. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't know if I want to do that. But it's micro-needling. It's micro-needling, yeah. So it's really tiny little needles, and we do put numbing cream on. It's um, You know feel- how Sarah feels about numbing cream. <laughs> The more the merrier. The more the merrier. Lay that stuff on. Yeah. It's BLT. I love BLTs, by the way, but it's not bacon, lettuce, tomato cream. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's different cream. It's benzocaine, lidocaine, tetracaine cream. All the canes. All the canes. <laughs> so you cannot be allergic to the canes. <laughs> and uh, we put that on for 25, 30 minutes. And you get all numbed up. And then we go over your face with the microneedling. Now, while you're numbing... Someone like myself comes in and does a blood draw. And we take your blood. That's why it's called vampire. And then we have a centrifuge. And if we put the tube of blood into the centrifuge. Mine happens to be in the room where we're doing the procedure. And it spins so fast that the red blood cells are heavier than anything else. And so the red blood cells um, go to the bottom of the tube. And the tubes that we use has a gel separator. Some some people use tubes that don't, but our particular tubes have a gel separator. Is this like a new tube every client, or do you just like wash it out? Afterwards? No, <laughs> no, it's a sterilized a question. But I'm just curious. It's a complete. It's a sterilized, brand new tube for every client. Gotcha. And we don't reuse needles either. We have a new <laughs> venipuncture mm-hmm. butterfly needle every time. We're a medical clinic. We're very clean. Mm-hmm. But these are good questions because. There are places out there, and that's the whole thing with this podcast, right, is to help educate, inform, and empower the public. 
So these are good questions that they absolutely should be asking their provider. Mm-hmm. And and you want to make sure that someone that's doing this, um, doing microneedling without the blood draw, you can microneedle in hyaluronic acid. That's one thing. But when you add the blood draw and the PRP, that's like a whole nother level, which you could get some serious injuries from, including terrible diseases from cross-contamination. So those are very, very good questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we use a system where every blood draw kit comes in its own box and it's all contained in one kit. And then of course everything. Do you get that from like, is the vampire facial, is that like, I don't know how to, I don't know if this is the right term, but is it like franchise where like it comes from like a company that sells the like copyrighted vampire facial stuff? You know, that would have been something great if Dr. Reynolds, that I wish he could have done that. <laughs> but um, no, so there's different companies. We use the SkinPen. So SkinPen will always have their centrifuge and their blood draw tubes and their kit that go with, that match and, and work with their centrifuge. Okay, so that's what you use. Yeah, so we... So we purchase those things from whomever sells you the the whoever sells the medical provider the device you should have the centrifuge and the kits for all of that. Now, if you're not doing blood draws or anything, then you don't need the centrifuge, you don't need the kits, you don't need all that stuff. But that's what people don't realize. They're like, you're just drawing my blood. Like they don't realize how much more cost there is in that procedure. So when you get microneedling done, just plain regular microneedling, it's one price. And then usually when you add the vampire part of it or the, the blood draw onto it, it's going to be twice as expensive. Now, uh, there the differences in the vampire is I'm able to advertise that I do the actual vampire facial and the vampire facelift. And there's a lot of companies out there that will teach people how to do the basics of this. And so they have not gone to his training and they basically will call it microneedling with PRP. But there are some some small differences. There's there's some differences in his procedure versus those out there. And those are not going to give the same results. Are those secrets? They're kind of, yeah. They're trade secrets? They're kind of trade secrets, yeah. (laughs) You have to go to the training to find out. Yes. But it does make a difference. It does make a difference. Speaking of difference, what is the... So let's talk about the difference between the facial and the facelift. Okay, so the facelift, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing a blood draw. You're not going to get your face numbed, um, except maybe in a few key areas. And that is using um, filler. And it's usually a hyaluronic acid filler. And what I love about the vampire facelift is I've mentioned this a couple of times but especially here in the midsection of the country, women mostly That's do not. That's a great way to describe where we are. Yeah. Well, no one know. wants to be in the midsection of the country. Well, and I'm talking about all the way up, you know, in the Great Plains. So and 
What? Well, because because like I'm including 90, Minnesota and North I know, Dakota. I know, but I'm just thinking as a comparison, like women's bodies, like 90% of women don't like their midsections. <laughs> it's just funny that you used that. Oh, I didn't make that. <laughs> I didn't make that connection. <laughs> that's the first that's thing funny. I thought it was like, oh, the midsection. Well, that's because your midsection is growing right now. Yes. <laughs> Mine is growing. But you love your midsection. I do. It's the first time that I'm like eating pizza, not thinking about like, oh, I'm going to regret that later. I'm just like, mm, I like this pizza. It's good. <laughs> oh, so back to the midsection of the country. Mm-hmm. They do not want their friends or people to know that they've had anything done. Yes. That's the number one like question that we get from people is, or concern, I guess, is, well, I don't want it to look like fake or too much. Right. And that's what I love about the vampire facelift because I can use filler along with their own platelet-rich plasma and it helps to create a very, very natural look. Rejuvenated, refreshed, and it's very difficult to tell that they've had any work done. So in the facelift, you're not microneedling. Mm -mm. You're not irrigating, irrigating Irrigating their their face. face. No. You're not numbing them up and doing that, but you're injecting them with filler mixed with PRP. Right. So I'm using a combination of filler and their own PRP, which means I can use a little bit, I can use a lot less filler. Uh, So instead of somebody that needs, you know, three syringes of filler, I can use one syringe of filler along with their own PRP. And what happens is I could pump somebody full. I could literally blow their face up with PRP and the thing is, their body's going to resorb it, and and uh, you know the the swelling eventually, like after a week, will go down, yeah, <laughs> like a sprained ankle. I mean, this is not what I do, but I'm just saying I literally could do that. So and, you're saying you can't really overdo it, right? And then what would happen is it would go away, but it would still help to regenerate some of their tissue, and it's their own DNA, mm-hmm. and. And it's it's just going to regenerate and create what they've had. It's not so they're not going to look like they have golf balls in their cheeks, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't do that kind of work anyway. Mm-hmm. But with this, I love it because I tell people, you know, women, especially older women, are literally terrified. Wouldn't you agree with like that's that's a really good word to use? That they're actually terrified of looking overdone or fool overdone or foolish or silly. <laughs> so both. both overdone and overdumb. Uh <laughs> foolish and silly. Yes. To where people yeah are are like pointing at them or just talking about them behind their back or whatever. But they have a big fear. Yes. Right. And this is a but really they're... great way to introduce them to some fillers and some facial rejuvenation. And eliminate that fear because it really is just practically impossible to overdo them mm-hmm. when you're using their own PRP. So what the what their PRP does is it will help to regenerate and re-stimulate some of their body's um, the the facial fat because that's a big reason why we get fillers is because mm-hmm. we've lost that facial fat. So it helps regenerate some of that facial fat. It also helps with their skin texture, and um, I've even done a little experiment. A client of mine, I she had some melasma on her forehead, and I just injected her straight with PRP. Was this a consensual experiment? Yeah, she knew. She <laughs> wanted to know. I said, hey, I've got some leftover, and you've got this melasma up here, 
And I've kind of heard that it can help with it. So let's see what it does. And actually... She was it, down. She was like, okay, yeah. She's like, is there any anything that could go wrong? I'm like, no, it's your own platelet-rich plasma. It's either going to do something. I mean, it's not going to make her forehead fat. It's not going to... Mm-hmm. It can't create more fat cells in an area I just that wasn't clarify. originally there. I don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, and experiments on our clients. <laughs> no. No. Only on the really exciting ones. <laughs> the ones no. that are down for a good time. No, it kind of... I just was like, I have some leftover and, you know, I made this... <laughs> I, I made this observation that she had the the melasma up there. Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, no, that sounds great. So I put it in there and it did kind of help lighten it up. It didn't go away. But that's another great thing about the vampire facial, the microneedling and the PRP will help with skin tone, skin texture, with hyperpigmentation. So whether it's from the sun or melasma, it's a great treatment for melasma to help people keep melasma kind of in check uh, will not get rid of melasma completely there's nothing out there so sidebar there is nothing out there that will ever get rid of if you've been diagnosed with melasma you will never get rid of it you it's a lifetime management issue but these vampire um, the vampire facial is an excellent way to help manage melasma so another a big difference between the two is the the facial, the one with the microneedling, has a much different recovery time. Yes. Right? Yes. Is yes. this what you did several years ago? It is, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah. I, ha- I still have those videos. I, you know, I wonder if we should, maybe we should post those. Yeah, we could post them. You took a lot of videos and a lot of progress pictures. Yeah. How long was that recovery? And like, what's the normal recovery? Oh, you know what I think you're thinking of? Hmm. I think you're thinking of when I did the laser and I looked like... Freddy Krueger. Yeah, the day of the walking dead. Like (laughs) I I tell people when you have erbium laser done, you should have it done like three days before Halloween because on Halloween you're going to be like the best looking (laughs) zombie ever. Everyone's going to be like, whoa, cool makeup. And you're like, dang. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and... You were young. Weren't you still like in the little cheerleading thing? No, 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 no. This was, I was, I was in my teen years. Sophie was in cheerleading, but I was like 14, 15. I was still having to drive you around and I was like, my face was peeling off. Yes. (laughs) I got rides to school from friends that week. (laughs) I am not vain. I am sorry. There are people that will not leave their house, but that is not me. I'm like. Yeah, I just had my <laughs> face peeled off. Uh-huh. It really I'm did look though. Good. It really you you looked like you had just gotten burned. And I you you were you didn't have any bandages on your face cuz I'm sure you, it had to like dry out, yeah. scab over, but you looked like you needed bandages on your face. I know. Okay, so that that was something different. That was something different. However, I still I do have videos of microneedling and what like the stages of it what it looks like, so we mm-hmm. can still I can Find those, and maybe you could post those up. Uh, with the microneedling on those videos, that's straight microneedling. It's not with the PRP. A lot of people are very familiar with the microneedling and the vampire, as I mentioned earlier, with Kim Kardashian. A couple yeah. of years ago, she had a kind of bloody-looking face. Mm-hmm. And and it's so remember I said we spin out the red blood cells. Mm-hmm. So when we put the PRP on the face, we're not putting blood back on the face. But the reason why her face looked like that is she had a very aggressive microneedling. And so the the needles, I mean, we are 
You're poking you know, holes in your poking face. holes in your face, and it can get aggressive enough, aggressive enough that you get pinpoint bleeding, mm-hmm. and then after you've gone over it a couple of times because you do like three passes, so you've gone over it a couple of times. That's what gives it the name, the vampire, also because you do kind of look like you have a a bloody face, but that was before they cleaned her up. So then you are able to leave the clinic. Your face is not going to be bloody or dripping or anything like that. We're able to clean you up and send you on your way. And when you leave, either after having a regular microneedling or having the vampire facial, you pretty much look like you have a, a red sunburn. And so the rest of the downtime would be the rest of that day, you're going to look like you have either a mild or a heavy sunburn, depending on how aggressive the the person did. Can you see all of the, like the, the holes no. poked in your face? They're no. too small to see? Yeah. And, and our skin is, you know, our skin closes up pretty quickly. Those micro channels will be open for about 15 or 20 minutes, and then after that they close up. But post-treatment instructions for this are afterwards just go home you want to stay out of the sun you want to stay out of the elements because you do have these micro channels open we do put a post-treatment cream or gel on and so you want to go home the rest of the day Um, and then the next morning you're actually pretty good to go you can apply makeup and I tell people you look like you have maybe anywhere from two to five like little red little like cat scratches and I mean, it's very easy to cover up. So most people really do not even look like they had a microneedling the next day. And if you do, it's so minimal and everything's really easy to cover up with makeup. And so that's the downtime is really just the rest of that day. That's a lot less than I was. I was expecting like three or four days of like patchy red skin or blotchy scabs now, and stuff. Now, people that have... A nut- the vampire facial is fantastic for people that have acne scarring because it will help to remodel that scarring and smooth it out and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so great for fine lines and wrinkles because it helps to remodel those fine lines and wrinkles. Um, so someone that has acne scarring... I love when people say fine lines. Like, ooh, that line's so fine. <laughs> that line is so fine What about you? What about nasty lines and wrinkles? <laughs> yeah. Well, when we say fine, we're talking about little crevices and wrinkles. Yes, it's many great. years of scale. It is good for deep crevices and wrinkles. <laughs> but it's great for acne scarring. And someone that has acne scarring, their downtime may be an additional day. So it will probably be the rest of that day plus the next day. But you can still put makeup over it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the most aggressive, the most I've ever heard anyone have a downtime is, is the next day. And by that, after that, they were good. And then, so the, the vampire part of it is we use the platelet-rich plasma and we microneedle that in and we do a couple of things with it. And then your face feels really nice and tight and you go home and we give you post-treatment stuff. Now with the vampire facelift, I'm injecting the PRP. So I inject fillers very strategically into areas um, that you need the fillers, and then I go back and I inject the PRP also very strategically in certain areas. Oh, I thought it was like mixed together. No, uh, kind well, of doing two separate injections. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do two separate injections, but um, 
a cup. There's sometimes, depending on what's going on, I might mix some plasma in there with some of the filler. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly it kind of gets mixed in together. It's kind of like when you're a little kid and you didn't want to eat your peas together with your mashed potatoes or, you know how like adults will just kind of like... Everything goes together. Yeah, but but like they put like two things. Well, like, like uh, okay, one of my favorite things is meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I would have to eat them separately. But as an adult, <laughs> I kind of eat them together yeah. on my fork, you know, a little meat, a little mashed potato. <laughs> and as a kid, they're like, eh. I used to have this babysitter. She'd be like, well, it all ends up together in your stomach anyway. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, but you don't taste it that way. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with keeping them separate. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same thing with the vampire facelift, but really they don't blend together. The I put the filler in in very strategic areas, and then I put the platelet-rich plasma around it in order to give it some support. And in those areas that um, the platelet-rich plasma will help that tissue kind of start to regenerate and maybe make a little bit more tissue. And when I say make more tissue, that there are... There is science behind this. They have histology slides where they've actually shown where PRP has been added that it has helped to create additional collagen, elastin, and even some of the adipose tissue, which is the medical way of saying fat. Fat. (laughs) Fat. Okay, so the last thing that I want to cover before we wrap up is what are the risks involved with both of these? Like what are some things that people might be hesitant going in that they have nothing to worry about? What are some things that people need to be concerned about and talk to um, their injector about? Well, first of all, before you have this procedure or any other kind of procedure, always you should be signing an informed consent and that informed consent should have all of the risks and possible side effects listed. So that's number one. If no one's giving them an informed consent before they start working on them, they need to either ask if they have it or they need to leave. Now, obviously, you're being stuck with a needle. So the possibility of bleeding, bruising, swelling, um, and some minor discomfort would be expected. Those are definitely expected. Um, Beyond that, with both treatments, uh, well, with the vampire facial, so that's the microneedling with the PRP, um, the, uh, you know, honestly, I can't really think of any major kinds of side effects, like lasting or long-term side effects, because what we're doing is we're microneedling, making micro injuries, and we're causing your skin to kind of rejuvenate itself. So then it would be... And you're using people's own and parts of their blood that's already in them. So it's not like a drug. It's not a foreign substance. Right. It's something that their, it's their, their body created. Yeah. They're not going to have a response to their own body's tissue. As I mentioned before, it's tissue. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then it's, it's pretty much, you're talking about the downtime. You're going to look like you've, you've been sunburned. You're going to, um, there is a risk for infection. Anytime you're breaking the skin, in any informed consent, they're always going to say there's a risk for infection. Um, you know, we're using, if you're going to a place that is a legitimate place, every single needle cartridge should be fresh and new. And I do suggest that people watch and have these things open in front of them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and ugh, I should probably have an informed consent in front of me, but those are the major those are the major ones. Now, when you're talking about the vampire facelift, that is a little bit different because you are using filler. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number one, the filler that's being used. 99% of the time is going to be hyaluronic acid filler. And in our previous podcast, we discussed that. When it comes to the vampire facelift, there's some different concerns. And it, it, so the same concerns that you have with facial filler is going to be the same concerns here because I am putting some filler in your face. Mm-hmm. Therefore, number one, it's 99% of the time it's going to be hyaluronic acid. If you're using hyaluronic acid, you need to make sure that the patient is not... Uh, you need to ask them, do you know if you're allergic to gram-positive bacteria? And I leave a little blank space there, (laughs) empty air, because nobody knows if they're allergic to gram-positive bacteria. And, I mean, I don't know how you would find that out. So why do you ask them? Well, it's the way that they make hyaluronic acid is they make it in the laboratory, and they use gram-positive bacteria to create... So you don't know if you're allergic to it until Hyaluronic acid, yeah. But I have not heard of any type of major... um, reactions or responses i have not i to this day i'm not aware of anyone having an anaphylaxis because they had they had um hyaluronic acid put in their face anyway but when you put hyaluronic acid in your face you do run the the possibility of occlusion if it gets injected into the wrong space you could occlude an artery or a vessel and that's that happens immediately so if that happens like you'll know i would know immediately and then you'll fix it right and and there are some things that are done to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, landmarks, understanding landmarks, um, knowing your facial anatomy, including your muscles and your vessels, and then um, also just the technique of when you're injecting. There's ways to, we, we can do what's called aspirating, and um, it's just a way that when we put the syringe in, we kind of pull back on it, and by pulling back on it, if you, you know, if you pull back on a syringe, it's going to suck something up. And if you're in a vessel, you will get blood flashback, which has happened to me twice. No, no. Yeah. Don't inject it. Yeah. Which, and it, you know, if someone gets an occlusion, it's a terrible thing. You definitely want to reduce the risks by having an injector who's experienced and is very, very, um, well-versed on these things, the facial anatomy completely, but it can happen. It happened to the best of me. I thank God. I, I literally thank the good Lord above for protecting me and my patients. I have not had an occlusion as of yet, but I have had flashback in my hub. So I have been in a vessel, but because I'm, you know, doing and you're like bail 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 exactly i mean so there is a protocol and we you know we do the absolute best that we can yeah oh the minute i just like i just yanked that sucker out <laughs> i didn't even let go and and not i just like there was there boom it was just okay um but yeah so that that's a possible side effect so there's going to be more with the vampire facelift Now, when it comes to adding the PRP, the thing is that's so great about that is if I end up in a vessel, it doesn't matter because I'm just injecting your own platelet-rich plasma back into your bloodstream. (laughs) So that's not a problem. Um, 
It's a very low risk. Yeah. But obviously, I've just stuck you with needles, and I just put your own platelet-rich plasma in around you. So I just put a lot of fluid in there. So you're going to have more downtime, and you are going to look swollen. Mm-hmm. So that's the only time that I that I inject people that they definitely are going to have a lot of swelling. And those, those are pretty much... Those are pretty much it. So the difference between the vampire facial is it's kind of like a facial mm-hmm. and it's being done with a microneedling it's like device. The most intense facial ever. Yes, it is. It's being done with a microneedling device and we use the platelet-rich plasma uh, in those microchannels to help help stimulate collagen elastin and and it helps to reduce pigmentation issues and it... it really tones and tightens the skin. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic treatment. And then the vampire facelift is literally using, you know, doing like a, a liquid facelift. I'm sure people have heard that. So mm-hmm. it's using the PRP and the and some filler, less filler than normal, to help kind of rejuvenate the tissue under the skin and create more volume and a youthful look. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Well that I hope that uh, answers the question that we've been getting the most, which is what's the difference between the two? Because even I kind of had used those terms interchangeably. But thank you for sharing and answering those questions because that is the most common question that we've gotten recently is what's the difference between those two? Both great procedures, but very different in what they do and how they affect you and all that. So thank you for sharing that with us today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure as always. And thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you subscribe. We are on iTunes and Spotify. Share this with your friends on Facebook and Instagram. You know, you don't have to advertise that you get these procedures done, but maybe you know someone that wants to know more about that and you can help them out because that's why we're here to educate, inform and empower the client, the people, um, so that they can know more. That's right. So share the love. <laughs> Contact us um, on Facebook. Facebook, and- Instagram, Aesthetic and RN. You can also email us with any questions that you have, aestheticannrn at gmail.com and on our website. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.